are Nelly the Elephant. What a way to start the Young'uns podcast. We've got a little bit of an affinity with Nelly the Elephant, obviously, on the podcast. Bearing in mind, a few months ago, I sang an operatic version of Nelly the Elephant with Jossie and Clark and Ben Walker. And this week, we bring you Nelly the Elephant, courtesy of a Scottish group called The Tribe, who we came across at Stonehaven Folk Festival. They were just performing in a street outside a pub. I think a fitting way to start the Young'uns podcast. I think we should start the Young'uns podcast with Nelly the Elephant all the time. I think a different version of Nelly the Elephant. So each time we do a podcast, we do a different version of Nelly the Elephant. So feel free, if you've got a version of Nelly the Elephant kicking around, maybe you could do one on the xylophone or something like that, or whatever. Feel free to send them in. We'll play them at the start of the podcast. And I like the idea as well, maybe new listeners to the podcast who've never heard the podcast before, just switching on and just thinking, why is he starting with Nelly the Elephant? And we maybe just don't make any reference to it. Otherwise, I suppose I could always just troll YouTube for Nelly the Elephant clips. Uh, it almost makes me want to start a new podcast just so I can do another version of Nelly the Elephant. But we'll we'll proceed with this one for the time being. And what a podcast it is, my friends! Yeah. That rather odd noise comes from BBC Radio 2 Fork Award nominated Maz O'Connor. We'll be hearing more noises from her and we'll be singing a little song about volcanoes with her on this week's podcast. And Maz joined us at the 800th anniversary of the Magna Carta signing event that took place at Runnymede. But we shall be telling you some stories from our time at the Magna Carta event in Runnymede. Encounters with the police and a rather harassed Archbishop of Canterbury. The birthday game is back. Sean Cooney and myself go head-to-head at guessing the celebrity's age. Feel free to play along wherever you are. And the young'uns have a couple of hauntings, a few haunting experiences. One involving a dead orphan. <laughs> ah, lovely, family-friendly young'uns podcast. And the other involving a pianist. All that and more coming up on this week's young'uns podcast entitled The Young'uns Anti-Terror Campaign. And we'll dedicate this week's Young'uns podcast to the young lad at the Bellowhead concert. We supported Bellowhead in Stoke last Friday, and uh, afterwards we sh- we sold so many CDs. It was just getting absolutely crazy. There was a thousand people there, and we sold about 150 CDs or something, and it was just an influx of people, people all over the place wanting to buy CDs. And I'm not saying this to be arrogant or to show off, I'm saying this to contextualise the story, because a young lad came up to Michael and held out a CD one of our CDs. And Michael just assumed that he was wanting to buy a CD. So Michael said, oh, £10, please. The lad looked absolutely startled and and walked off with the CD. And it was at that point that Michael realised what had happened. And he overheard the lad then talking to his parents saying, £10 to get me CD signed. I can't believe it. So he's gone away now thinking that uh, we charge £10 if someone wants to get their CD signed. And even more weirdly for the man, it's probably the fact that he looked round and he saw all these people queuing up for CDs to be signed, thinking, bloody hell, they're all paying £10 for this. Absolutely ridiculous. We've destroyed his faith in the egalitarian nature of folk music. So <laughs> I do apologise for that. I don't know if he'll be listening. He probably absolutely hates us now, but never mind. I mean, I say the egalitarian nature of folk music. In fairness, we were performing at the Magna Carta event in Runnymede uh, in front of, well, not in front of, but at that event, we were aware that the Queen and Cameron were going to be there. And we weren't sure whether to do it at first. Um... 
sort of a little bit, is it, is it wrong to, to do that? But then we thought, actually, let's sing these songs of equality and liberty and let's hopefully reach Cameron and the Queen and all sorts of dignitaries. We got quite a few tales to impart about our time at the Magna Carta event, so let's hear some clips from various gigs as we impart some stories about that time right now. Last week, I don't know how we managed to get invited, but we, we were invited to sing at the, the 800th anniversary of the Magna Carta. Did you see it on the news with the Queen and Cameron and everything? But to be honest, I mean, that was all at nine o'clock in the morning that they were on. We didn't get on until quarter past one in the afternoon. <laughs> By that time, 3,000 people had turned into uh, 20. <laughs> uh, most of them were from the St. John's Ambulance. Uh, but I think it was brilliantly symbolic. Brilliantly symbolic because we got, we, the, the, as I said, the Queen turned up and David Cameron was there. And the whole thing was ridiculous. It was all pomp and ceremony and, you know, completely, the Magna Carta, whatever you think, the document, the idea is that it's been a catalyst and it's inspired the American Revolution and, it's, and, and you know, it's inspired so much in the, the name of equality and liberty and it's, 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 symb- it's symbolic, I suppose, more than anything else. If nothing else, it's just, it's symbolic. We had all these, and now the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra are going to play and Beethoven <laughs> saying, in triumph of our glorious victory against Napoleon's army. And it's, like, it's got nothing to do with liberty or freedom or equality or absolutely nothing and so it was all of that pomp and ceremony we stood about three or four times for the national anthem and it was and each time it was played exactly the same no variation it's not like jazz it up in the record the queen must be sick of it she knew it was like a calypso version of the oh, not this one again she says so there was all of that it was all yeah it was ridiculous anyway so what were you going to say but i was going to say the funny the uh, the, the funny thing was that because we were late, we couldn't get through the first police roadblock, and for some reason they wouldn't let us in. Huh? Um, <laughs> we eventually persuaded them to let us in. What we had to do is we were folk singers, so we don't believe you. So we had to sing a version of the Wild Rover to prove it. <laughs> Put the police check, and we said, "Oh, we're we're a folk group." And they said, oh, well, I don't believe it. Is that, they said, oh, we don't believe it. Is that the kind of thing like a terrorist organisation would really say? You're like, oh, we're a folk group. It's not the first thing that would come to mind, is it? Imagine that, like, people from ISIS have to like, start researching, like, Cyril Tawney, Cecil Sharp, before they can go and do attacks. And by the time they got to that stage, they might have knocked some sense into them, they might have realised actually there was more important things in life. But, hey! <laughs> just, you know. Yeah, can we just drop uh, Cyril Tony LPs on Syria? Will that work? Yes. <laughs> uh, we can have a sniper attack. We can have a Cecil uh, Sharp shooter. Anyway. Oh, Hang up. That made us late. This is, this is absolutely true. That made us late. And we knew we had to be in there for nine o'clock or they wouldn't let us in at all because it was going to start at quarter past. So we managed to get in, but we had one more security check to go through. And it was like, it was ten past nine. Um, so we were all right, we were thinking, oh, we're in now, we're not on till later. But the guy in, in, in ahead of us in the security check line was really nervous because it was the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> and he, he was on doing a speech. He had to go through the full check like us. He got frisked. <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest thing. And he was standing there like this and he was saying to him, do you, do you have any metal on you? He's like pointing at his big metal. He's trying to remove these crucifixes. Archbishop Striptease. <laughs> We've got the video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's on a private channel. Piers and Tenor will send you the link. 
We want to see that. We got, we got a great shot, didn't we? Didn't you, Michael? We call that shot underneath the arches. Uh, <laughs> but then we got through to the green. And they were quite rough with them when they were frisking. You know, they were really bashing the bishop. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the announcer had no idea who we were. Firstly, he said, because this was part of the English folk dance song society. That's who got us the gig. And uh, so this man obviously saw it and just went, oh, okay, we have uh, an English folk dance group for you right now. So for all for English folk dance enthusiasts, here they go. It's like trying to like polymer and say, no, no, we're not, we don't, we're not going to do dancing. So we went, ah, uh, apparently it's the English folk dance and song group, and uh, it's too hot to dance, so they're just going to sing. And it's like really stubborn people, like, you know, like, here we are doing this thing, and the Queen of England, nah, it's bloody too hot to dance, we're not doing that, you know, no, no. From the English Folk Song and Dance Society. Now they said it's too hot to do the dancing, so they're going to do the singing instead, which will be really nice. So we've got two groups. We've got Maris, who's playing uh, her acoustic guitar and singing at the front, and then we've got a group of three artists here called the Young Uns. It was so simple because you had this going on, and they were packing up the place behind us. They were, they were uh, the MC buggered off. You had, uh, you had the, the screens were all being turned off. And we're performing these ordinary people, as we say, which is great, that's all we want to do. But the members of the general public, because all the dignitaries have gone, there were members of the general public outside the gates who weren't being allowed in, who weren't allowed in, until everything finished at two o'clock when they were allowed in. I mean, how pointless is that? So I just thought the entire thing was so symbolic. So we sang our songs of equality and freedom and liberty, including the line of this uh, next song we're going to sing, which says, No monarchy in it. We sang the prize. Well, there you go. It's a good job you made that speech here in the Labour Hartlands where everyone can stop it. We got through to the green room and we felt so underdressed because we were, we were like jeans and shirts and stuff but the green room was just full of like soldiers, choir boys, scholars, judges, you know, they're all there. And then we were with Maz O'Connor and she had two guitars with her and we were just going to leave the gear there and go around to the front to watch the whole thing. And she says to the, the guy who was showing us around, she says, Is it safe to leave my guitars here? And he says, Young lady, you are probably in the safest place in the United Kingdom right now. <laughs> There's like snipers on the hills and everything. Well, to be fair, I did ask the snipers to be uh, directed at Michael in case he did a bum nose. It's kind of a bit of extra incentive, you know. I'll build a house to town. Oh, oh, sorry. Got a bit of hiccups there, sorry about that. No, I came in too early. I, 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 we would have got away with it if you didn't stop. Well, I would not have done it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where are the snipers? You said yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. We have snipers now, mate. I'm the eight. You've been taking out, Sean. Oh, oh, I'm the eight. You made it more than it was. I did not at all. You stopped. Right, let's do it again. In the second half, what we're going to do is we're going to ask for uh, replacements from the audience. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So joining us at the Magna Carta event was a fellow folk singer, Maz O'Connor. And I was a little way off in the distance, then I suddenly heard some rather odd noises. And I went over to investigate, and I found that it was Maz O'Connor, the BBC Radio 2 Folk Award-nominated excellent songwriter and singer, Maz O'Connor. And uh, so we went over and found out what all the noise was about. Well, this is interesting. Many people have different warm-up techniques. I think Sam Carter, we heard um, yeah. once, doing his, it was just very, I was like, mum, 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 I think he was just calling for his mum. It's like the Oedipus complex, uh, Sam Carter. Uh, but, <laughs> Maz, 
you have a very interesting warm-up technique where you've been going sort of yeah, been doing, that. doing that the mating call spitting in your face exactly I like it I like it um, but what's the other little warm-up exercise that you've got, oh, you've got for us we've, we've talked last week on the podcast mm. about uh, one of our songs which goes a packet of peas a quarter of cheese and a pound of his four penny ham which is quite a bit of a mouthful oh, but God, you've got yeah. something even more mouthful we learned at school yeah than that Papa got a pedal was a big volcano far away in Mexico. Papa got a pedal, oh, Papa got a pedal goes bang, sizzle, sizzle, bangs. You won't forget the Papa got a pedal was a big volcano far away in Mexico. Papa got a pedal, oh, Papa got a pedal goes bang, sizzle, sizzle, bang. Wow. Now, well, I'll try. I'll try. Teach me stage by stage. No, I've got it. I think I've got it. I've got it. Pop, like, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. Papa got a pedal was a big volcano far away in Mexico. Papa got a pedal was a big volcano. Sing, sizzle, bang, go. Papa got a pedal was a big volcano far away in Mexico. Papa got a pedal was a big volcano. Bang, sizzle, bang, sizzle, bang. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent, Maz. We'll let you continue your warm ups. Thank I won't tell you. I won't tell you what she's doing. What she's doing there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Maz O'Connor, and I'm sure we'll be bringing you some music and more pertinent chats from Maz O'Connor later in a Youngin's podcast. Maybe she'll do a version of Nelly the Elephant for us. I mean, that's the ticket onto the podcast, really. If any folk people say, oh, "Why haven't I been asked to be on the podcast yet?" Nelly the Elephant is the word of my heart. Also, providing herbal tea would help as well. No herbal tea of the week on this week's Youngest Podcast, we noticed, David. Don't worry about it. We will bring it back. Just keep things moving. Keep things varied. I mean, it's called Herbal Tea of the Week, granted. We don't release a podcast every week. And also, when we do release a podcast, we don't put the Herbal Tea of the Week feature on it. So, I mean, the name Herbal Tea of the Week is a little bit of an odd one. But, you know. Anyway, a few months ago, we did a very interesting gig in Gloucester at a place called The Convent, which was a former convent a former nunnery and as well as doing gigs in there in the church they also stream it live on the internet as well recently it's made the headlines the convent has made the headlines it's been written about in various music magazines and things because they invited Finlay Quay the Scottish singer-songwriter Finlay Quay to perform he had some hits in the 90s I'm not really massively clued up with his work to be honest he walked on stage looking completely addled he's a, a vocalist and in this clip that I'm about to play you, you don't hear any singing at all. And this clip, well, it goes on for nearly half an hour, apparently. According to Matt, it goes on a lot longer than this. But this is a five-minute clip. And I'm not even going to play the entire five minutes because it's essentially, he walks on the stage and he just sort of ambles about the stage while his team of musicians around him just start doing this riff. And it goes on and it goes on. And he just sort of, finally, just sort of, walks around the stage looking completely dazed and out of it and doesn't really do anything. There's a video of this, you can see this on YouTube if you just type in Finley Quay Convent. He goes on the stage and you can hear the musicians just starting up and the drummer clearly seems a bit hesitant. He's like, what, are we just jamming here? What, are we... what are we doing? So he sort of starts, you can hear him kind of ambling up to it going, are we really doing this? And then he thinks, oh, well, we seem to be, I'll... Here we go then! <laughs> and he just sort of goes in and, and everyone just jams and... Anyway, let's skip in another minute. 
And that riff is still going. They're still doing that. That's an, a minute in. They're skipping another two minutes. And it continues. Three minutes. And it continues. And it's still going like this. Finley Quay is just, as I say, ambling, lolloping around the stage. And he's the vocalist. He's the, meant to be the main singer. So people aren't essentially watching Finley Quay or listening to Finley Quay right now. They're just listening to his band. Who are just playing four-bar riff. And obviously, the organiser at the convent at this point thinks, well, this can't go on. This has been going on now for about half an hour or whatever. This is ridiculous. So, he essentially cuts the gig. What I like about that is, just before he does it, he obviously he goes on the stage and he shouts, that's enough, and he pulls his hand up for everything to stop. And the drummer... Sort of just, everything just peters out. But the drummer obviously thinks, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm a professional musician here. I can't just peter out. So he does a final flourish. <laughs> you know, I just think, the gig's clearly over. You're not going to come back from this. But the drummer's obviously got too much professionalism to let that kind of, just think, I'm not petering out here. I'm a professional drummer. I'm going to do a final flourish there. So <laughs> he goes for it. Uh, yes, then Matt does this, I think, a brilliant speech. The good could have just continued, and people could have just asked for their money back, and the audience could have just dwindled and dwindled. And the audience are clearly on his side here. So this is his speech, anyway. Oh, and I must warn you, there is a little bit of bad language, a couple of swear words here. So if you are listening to this with children, there's a few swear words. So if you've got children, and uh, maybe uh, you're in the car or whatever, why not pull over, drop your children off at the side of the road, drive off, and listen to The Youngest Podcast. It's all about being a responsible parent. So here's, here's Matt's speech. Then and bear in mind that the musicians are still on the stage and Finley Quay is just kind of still ambling around while this is going on. I am so sorry, guys. I've worked in the industry 28 years. I have a reputation, and the reputation is small as it is. But when somebody doesn't turn up for soundcheck at three o'clock in the afternoon, and I smile, and then at nine o'clock they turn up, and then I have a beautiful, beautiful crowd of people who I love. And then they come and they fuck my stage. You guys, go home. We will... We will refund the tickets. And I am sorry, I will not sit here and pollute my venue with bullshit. International people watching, I apologise not in the convent. And I am so sorry, guys. So there you go. So a very interesting experience uh, for Matt at the convent. Uh, but a few months earlier, we did the convent. But here's some clips from our gig at the convent. Pretty festival 
sort of said. And it was really good quality, absolutely brilliant. But the microphone, it was just directly from the mixing desk, the sound. So you couldn't hear the reaction of the audience at all. So everyone was saying something hilarious, as we often do. <laughs> it was, you just couldn't hear them. So all you could hear was the, two, the, the three of us just sort of laughing at each other's jokes. It was just like a mutual backslapping session, but you couldn't hear anyone else. And there was no applause either. So if it is that tonight, let me just assure you uh, that the audience are uh, apoplectic with uh, after that. I mean, I, can, I can't even hear myself. That's how loud it is here. That's what a reaction we're getting. Um, so just to let you know that. I do hope you can understand what we're saying because it's... it's, it's we're, there from our gig at the convent in Gloucester. The room that Michael was sleeping in was apparently haunted. I don't know what whether to believe in hauntings or things and I don't know what you think. But this is a story. So Matt asked Michael, did you see the face? He said, yeah, I saw the face. I assume that's a piece of art. And he said, no, no, it's not a piece of art. He says, um, when we moved into the convent and we switched the heating on, the central heating on for the first time in the room, in the main bedroom, this face appeared on the wall. And they said, we, we painted the room, but we, we just didn't want to paint over the face. It just didn't seem right. This face just appeared in the wall, and so they've left it. And so there is just a face on the wall, and it's apparently, well, they don't know what it is. He reckons, because this place used to be an orphanage, as we said in the, in the last clip, there are photographs of the orphans around the place. He reckons he's found the face that it belongs to. So there you are, an interesting potential haunted episode there. But talking of hauntings. Oh, 
Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened then. Is, is, like, is, is it? Have I got a sunstroke or was that piano playing it itself? Play it just played itself. <laughs> <laughs> it just played itself. Hey, if we can get it trained, then I can just have a night off. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, please get it trained. <laughs> Feel slightly running that you're all applauding the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, I tell you what, and if you could tune Michael's guitar as well, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> it's time to guess the celebrity's age as we play the birthday game. Sean Cooney, for the first time, will be versing me in the birthday game. If you've not heard the podcast before, the concept is very simple. Can you guess the celebrity's age? Michael Hughes will read out a name of a celebrity from the Guardian birthday page, and Sean and I will attempt to guess the celebrity's age. Feel free to play along, or just sit back and relax and enjoy the birthday game. 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 Okay, excellent. It's time to bring out the big dogs. The big dog in the form of Mr. Sean Cooney. This is the birthday game. Now we were aware, we mentioned on last week's podcast that Sean has never played the birthday game with either of us. It is time for Michael Hughes to do the birthday readings. Um, remember, you don't say the celebrity's age, Michael. You say the celebrity's name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to mix and match it up there. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be an interesting way of working. First one is George Bush, senior, former US okay. president. Yes, George Bush. Well, would you like to go first since it's your first ever go, Mr. Gaming? I would. George Bush, senior, 91. What? <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my guess. <laughs> He's not that old. He is... What? 91? Yeah, 91. George, when was Bush, he? George Bush Senior, 91. When was he in power? Uh, in the late 80s. Why is he going to be 91? Because if he, was in, he was in power when he was 60, so that's an average age. Oh, he's 78. He's 91! Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, oh, yes. Yes. What? He can't be that. He is. We were talking 25 years ago, Derby. He was in power. The politicians come into power in about 60 in America, you know. And he's, he's the father of George Bush Jr. George Bush Jr. was in his 50s 10 years ago. <laughs> Think about it, Davis. Use your loaf. How? In 90. You know, he's yeah, 91. I didn't know he was about to I knew he was about Well, that is ridiculous. <laughs> sure. But I'm going like, to like. I'd like to admit defeat now. I'm going to liken this to. When we can, we Peter, can play with this lorry driver. I'm going to liken this to when Peter Beasley. Peter Beasley yeah. signed for Harleypool. Yeah. And everyone thought it was going to be he an was absolute, 37 at the time. It was, going to be, <laughs> it was going to be an absolutely brilliant signing to have this pro, this Marino on the, on the team, a Premiership player. And, and then we all arrived, and then after about a minute of the first uh, of, the, of the kickoff, he scored. <coughs> Absolutely unbelievable! He scored, and we thought this is going to be turning. We're just going to be firing goals, and then I don't think he scored again <laughs> for the entire oh, few what months. A start. So that's Can't what I one. reckon it to there. So I think you just yeah. There you go. That's Thank what I say. Thank you very much. Right, well, come on then. Good. I think you've had your moment now. Okay. And that's it, Mr. Hughes. Okay. Mark Henry, wrestler. Ah, wrestler. Hundred and four. <laughs> 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 Mark Henry the wrestler. Is he a f- not a former wrestler? That's interesting. No, I'm going to go for 42. Oh, 
I'm trying to remember who he is. I was, Do you know him? Have you well, I was sort of interested when I was a kid. Yeah, I know the name. I'm going All to go right. for 49. He's 44. What? David Eagle! <laughs> is this a joke? No. My God! Such <laughs> a game has never been seen. Three all. My well, goodness! You're 42. You're 42. All right. I thought I did, but then it's the way you said. Like, William, it's the way you I would said liken it. that to Plastino uh, <laughs> Esprit's <laughs> debut does. for Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Stevek is on the left hand side, whipped in across, but he hit the bar. He thought he scored. Okay then, next. Okay, let's mix it up a bit. What? How are you going to do that? Anne Frank, she's obviously dead, deceased, yeah. obviously. How old would she be? How old would she be on this day? How old would she be? How old would she be today? Today, right, okay, give me a minute. Yeah, I'm gonna try and work this out as well. Is it me first? Yeah, I'm just trying to... Yes, you're going first, yeah. 84. No, I'm gonna go for 86. 86! <laughs> oh, Gus McGee. <laughs> oh, my goodness, this is such a crazy game. Right, okay. So it is. Just say, how close is this compared to when me and you go when we go? He goes forward and we go 97 and he's it's actually 52. The arrival of Sean has like made me <coughs> yeah, go but open if, up. I, if I hadn't said 84, what would you have said? You would have been really punished at 120. Oh, no, I was going for 86. I worked it out like the team that I was trying to work it out. I need 29. Oh, hang on, it's in 1929. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 My goodness. Now, that is like when a player remonstrates with the referee. The referee's from Sri Lanka. Right. Continue. Okay, next one. David Rockefeller, entrepreneur Ooh. from New York. Who's yeah. Guy Rockefeller. who the Rockefeller Center in the center of New York is named after. Well, hang on, he's, he must be dead as well, surely. We still talk oh. dead people. Oh, he's a he's descendant alive. of the Rockefellers. Um, I think he's 72. Um, 95. He's 100, which now means it's 5-4 to Sean Cooning. Oh, my goodness. Is he not 5-0? How? Because he, he, yeah, he gets it was 42, so you were within two. Oh, yeah, I was in two. Yeah, and I gave myself one. <laughs> Give us all one. Um, so it's five all. Excellent. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, Robin, the pop singer. Oh yeah. Robin. Yeah, Robin. Yeah. And you never will, and you never will be mine. The boy or a girl? It's a boy's girl. Yeah. You need to go first. Excellent. You win me forever, stars. For... Anyway. Twenty-three. Nah, she's not. She's. Oh no, idea who she is. She is, is. Do you know what era she is? Yeah, recent. 29. She's 36. Oh, bloody hell. So it's 6 5. Philip Coutinho, footballer, Liverpool. He is 27. Oh, I was going to say that. Um, I don't know, I can't picture him. I'll go 25. 23, Mr. Mr. Cooney. Cooney. And he yeah. gets two points, which yeah. means it is 7 6. Okay. Hang on, we haven't decided who we're gonna, what we're going up to, have we? Let's go for first to ten. Okay, Dave Franco, movie actor. 
He was in, or is in, TV's Scrubs. Ah. Okay, Mr. Cooney. Oh, I don't, I don't know. 50. No, he's 40. He's 30. Oh, David Eagle <laughs> just in, which means it is 7 all. So okay, now this is getting very exciting, business. So it's, we're going. Here we go. Mr. Oh, I never know how to pronounce his bloke's name. John Richard Ioade. Richard Ioade? He's a comedian. He's the one out of the IT crowd, isn't he? Ah. The guy. A Y O A D E. Ioade. 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 Um. So he's in the IT My favourite Ioad that there is. Um, he is 41. 37. It's 38, Mr. Cooney. Mr. gets two, which means it is 9-7. Sean only needs one more. I'll try and, I'll try and shake it up and make it difficult. It's in sight. Oh, can he, is he really going to win his first ever birthday game? Michael Murney, TV actor. Michael Murney. Uh, starred on the TV series Victoria Mars and played the role of Adam Newman in the soap opera The Young and the Restless in 2009. Oh my what did he play again? Did he say who he played? Veronica Mars. Uh, he was in that and he played the role of Adam Newman. It doesn't say who Adam Newman was. Uh, so... He is 45. 26. He's 40. Oh, David Eagle, two points, which means nine it all. is 9 all. Oh, my oh. goodness, can there be a more fitting score? Here we go. The final one, listeners. <clears throat> okay, Dallas Clark, American soccer player. <clears throat> Plays for the Indianapolis Colts. Who won the Super Bowl in 2006? Well, won the Super Bowl, that's not soccer. American, yeah, American football. Yeah. Sorry, American, yeah, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, American yeah. football. American won the soccer. Super Bowl, 2006. Um, 40. 40. Uh, 31. He's Mr. Cooney's 36. Damn him! Yeah! <laughs> Damn! Damn! Because I. Oh! I was gonna say Another 30, orgasm, David. I was gonna say 32, and if I had that oh. would have been a draw. Sean has won the game. That's the first time Sean has ever played the birthday game, and he won. Will I redeem myself next time on the podcast as I once again verse Sean in the birthday game? The birthday game with a little bit of a twist. A little bit of a twist, my friends. But we're going to be in Canada for the next two weeks or so. And then we're going straight to France. We're doing a festival in Brittany. So we're going to be all over the place. So lots of exciting clips to come. But my goodness, we're just so far behind in terms of podcast clips. I've got like another two hours worth of clips or something that we still haven't featured from gigs. Not to mention all the guests that we're presumably going to be getting on in the fullness of time as well. And the different festivals. And obviously we're going to be accruing more clips. So very exciting times hopefully we'll be back next week with the podcast if not then we'll see you in three weeks or so with another youngins podcast probably the return of herbal tea of the week or the definite return of the birthday game another sean cooney dream i think in the offing and lots of exciting clips and potential guests to come i think this has been a pretty good podcast um let's just get the final verdict from uh, matt at the convent what do you think about this week's youngins podcast uh, matt bullshit well fair enough 
Fair enough. I mean, I do try to cut out Michael Hughes as much as possible, but you know, there's only so much I can do, Matt. Never mind. I think everybody else has enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. Till next time, from me, David Eagle, and my fellow youngins, goodbye. Oh, <laughs> I'll try that again. Do you know what it is? Um, we've got a we've got a carpet on stage, and um, no. um, and it's it's kind of getting in the way of my balance. I'm teetering on the end of it like a suicidal Aladdin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just take a step back. Which is the name of our next album, incidentally. <laughs> suicidal Aladdin, the youngins. Uh, hey, where was I? I think have your wife and baby grieved you yet? I think your wife and baby would. Well, that was the reason. Um, oh, we haven't got to that yet. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. Oh, me wife and baby grieve me. Something better the first time. Shallow. Oh, shallow.